Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this is probably going to end up being a three-parter. And this is entitled uh, CT and CTA of benign hepatic tumors, pearls, pitfalls, and perspectives. So I'm going to focus on the benign tumors, things we see every day or almost every day, and look at some of the potential pitfalls and some things that perhaps will indeed help you. Um, there's no doubt when you look at the liver in general, whether it's benign or malignant, whether it's inflammatory or neoplastic, um, in all the years of CT, not much has changed in the sense of what we're trying to do. You're always trying to find the presence of disease, define extent, and define etiology. Again, we all give differential diagnoses, but we want to really narrow down the differential diagnosis, ideally to one thing or a couple things. And I think one of the key things we always focus on in CT is lesion signatures. And I'm going to try to show you some of the signatures and when those signatures fail, what else we need to do in terms of patient management. We know the liver has benefited surely from new technologies, the newest scanners, particularly 64 slice and, and better, really makes our studies easier to perform, easier to be successful, in part because of scan speed, so we're able to time things correctly, do arterial, do venous, do both. This coupling of contrast delivery with data acquisition, of course, is critical in everything we do across all applications, but in the liver, it's particularly important. We know, for example, in terms of lesion detection, be it hepatoma, be it vascular metastasis, be it things like FNH, hepatic adenoma, perhaps, the difference of 30 seconds is the difference between seeing a lesion and not seeing a lesion. And I'm not talking about one centimeter lesions. It may even be a five centimeter mass. One of the things we also speak about and I've discussed before is, of course, in terms of differentiation, and we talk about this in the kidney as well, simply detecting a lesion is not enough. Most lesions at the end of the day are going to be benign. Small cysts, hematomas, hemangiomas are the majority, significant majority of small hepatic lesions. So you want to be careful that we're not just saying small lesion, indeterminate, advised clinical correlation. Now, in terms of liver imaging, regardless of the application, Oral contrast is used, but we're using water typically, so it's a neutral contrast agent, or water is as neutral as it gets. And basically what's happening is we're distending the stomach, small bowel, we're hydrating the patient, only good things. There's no downside. Then depending on the patient's creatinine levels, we're using either Omnipake or Visipake. When we use Omni, we use Omni 350. That works very nicely. Visipake, we're using Visipake 320. Now, in terms of protocols, we rarely do non-contrast scans. The only time I will do a non-contrast scan at the liver, if I suspect a bleed, I'll do a few non-contrast scans. Um, that's one application. A second application might be if someone sends me a uh, outside study on ultrasound or CT where there's a mass and they want to categorize it. I'll do a non-contrast to find the lesion and then be able to do sequential scans over time over the lesion. But otherwise, we do not do non-contrast CTs. Um, Mike Federley used to speak about doing non-contrast CTs in cirrhotic patients to help differentiate between regenerating nodules and hepatoma. And when he spoke at our course last year, he made the point that with multiphase imaging, and since he's transferred to Stanford from uh, Pittsburgh, uh, where they had not done non-contrast CTs, he's very comfortable without non-contrast scans. So things we typically do when we're looking for a lesion or evaluating a lesion will be two phases, arterial phase at about 30 seconds post-injection, 
uh, and venous phase at about 60 to 70 seconds. We occasionally will do late phase imaging three to four minutes out. Sometimes if you're uncertain how a lesion is behaving, you're uncertain whether it's a hemangioma, you're thinking maybe something's a cholangiocarcinoma, but routinely we do not do uh, excretory phase or late phase imaging. Now, obviously if radiation wasn't an issue, perhaps you would do all five phases. Um, I mentioned early phase arterial articles have shown that to be valuable, but it was one article and most of the other articles and our experience has been that it doesn't really add much, so we would not do it, but surely you do four phases if radiation wasn't an issue, but even with lower dose, radiation will always be an issue, surely in the eye of the public, and so two phases is really where you want to be. In terms of uh, good liver imaging, you need to be injecting at four to five cc's a second, under three surely is going to be very painful. It's just not going to be the right thing to do, if at all possible. And of course, we'll reconstruct with thin sections, typically 0.75 millimeter thick sections every 0.6 millimeters, because what we're going to be doing is doing 3D reconstructions and vascular modeling. And I'll show you that in a moment. Um, people have looked at some of the issues and this an article relates to hepatomas and i'm going to speak about benign tumors but i left this in and this was one of the points this article made was that it takes a bit longer to look at multiplanar images here if you add the coronal they found it took almost twice as long but i will tell you with the right workstations with the right software you actually do not lose time in fact you probably are faster or surely it's a break-even point so I think when you get started, perhaps you might consider it's taking you longer, but as you get going, uh, it will in fact be better. So let's look at the liver, and the thing I always like to focus on when I get started is the fact we're looking in a volume data set, so take advantage of that volume. So for example, you want to look at the arterial images, you're looking at the hepatic artery. You're looking at the GDA, you're looking at the branching of the hepatic artery, um, no problem very good visualization and so here was MIP you can do with volume rendering and with volume rendering you get better anatomic details so we're doing pre-surgical planning here was showing the hepatic and splenic arteries arising directly off the aorta so uh, a very important combination of volume rendering and MIP now I've mentioned on some of the other talks that I like MIP when I want to look for very tiny vascular structures in liver or kidney it's very fast and very easy and the next two examples make that point here's a small hepatic artery aneurysm about three millimeters worth very very nicely seen missed on the axial imaging that's not a great surprise but look how obvious it is and in this next case in a patient post liver laceration from a stab wound you can see a small hepatic artery pseudoaneurysm about seven millimeters in size so very easy to see these arterial abnormalities. You also can see nicely in this case where there's a blush in the liver. This was an incidental finding. What is it? Well, when you look carefully at this bright structure, it could be an atypical hemangioma, one of those really flash-filling hemangiomas, but there's a feeding vessel going to it. But when you look at it in 3D, you see it a whole lot better. You see the feeding and draining vessels. And when you're looking at, in this case, is a very nice example of hepatic AV malformation. So just very nice visualization. And finally, one more case. This was a patient with cholangiocarcinoma that we were staging. And you can see the 3D maps with MIP very nicely show you 
the near occlusion of the patient's hepatic artery. This patient will be unresectable. Uh, this was a cholangiocarcinoma encasing and invading the hepatic artery. Very, very nice visualization. And again, MIP works well. Same thing is true on the venous side. Here I'm showing you axial images and then a 3D volume rendering with a recanalization of the umbilical vein. You see the cirrhotic liver. You very nicely see the collateral vessels. Well defined. So again, we're going to be using this both from the arterial and venous side when we look at various lesions within the liver. Now, I mentioned the focus of this talk is benign hepatic tumors. And so the typical thing is when you look at the liver, question one, is there a mass present? Yes or no? Very simple, binary classification. And if it is present, what is it? Is it something to worry about? Is it a leave-alone lesion? Is it something that needs to be biopsied? Is it something that needs to be resected? What is going on? And those are the decisions we really need to make. And we've said that the approach we use is a volumetric approach. Article by Ehab Kamal a couple years ago at 16 slides. This article is a great article. I always mention that we published it. It was 16 slides, or we got it accepted. By the time it was published, we were at 64 slides. But the point is, is this volumetric paradigm that started at 16 that's gone on better at 64 and beyond. So let's look at some of the applications. And again, we're going to focus on benign tumors. I'll speak a little bit about inflammatory disease, but let's just take a look at the tumors and we'll focus on benign and focus on four main lesions. Now, hepatic cysts are common, occur in about 10% of patients. If you look carefully with good scanners, it's probably even at a higher percent. They're easy. They're small, usually under a centimeter water density and sharp margins. They can be single, they can be multiple, but they can be larger, as you can see in this example. Very much like renal cysts, they're water density, sharply marginated, thin septations, a couple more views of that. They do not enhance. They do not change density between non-contrast to arterial, to venous, and delayed. There's no enhancing wall. Now, most lesions are just incidental pickups. Others can be symptomatic because cysts can be very large. And in a case like this, you're having mass effect. You can palpate something. The patient was feeling discomfort. The diaphragm's elevated. So simple cysts can be symptomatic, and you could need to have to drain these or remove them. Just a very nice example. In the very large cysts, you can see septations. Now, key things with cysts in this next example is you do not get neovascularity. You can get vessels splaying simply because of mass effect, but you can see in this example the portal vein and its branches and hepatic vein and its branches are unremarkable. They're not even barely displaced by what is a pretty large cyst. On the other hand, this cyst is even larger, but when you look carefully at the 3D maps, you can see it's splaying the hepatic artery. Now, tumors cause neovascularity. They can make the vessels irregular, displace them. But this is sort of a nice, perfectly concave appearance. Matches very well with the cyst. You can see some perfusion changes. When lesions get large enough, you do get perfusion changes. Now, I mentioned most cysts are multiple. They can be solitary. When they're really multiple, they can involve the entire liver. And we think about polycystic liver disease. Patients can develop end-stage liver disease with this. The cysts are numerous. They can all be small. Some can be small. Some can be large, as in this example. 
And again, these may have septations. You see the largest cysts. Sometimes issues are the cysts are a bit denser because they may have uh, had prior bleeding. That's a possibility. We sometimes see small aneurysm with a polycystic liver disease. About half the patients with polycystic liver disease also have polycystic disease of the kidneys, but in this case, the kidneys are perfectly normal. There's no increased incidence of malignancy. It's an easy diagnosis to make. The things you tend to look for are some of the complications. But you can see from this example that there really are no complications. Another case, here we see polycystic liver disease, a range of cyst sizes. Uh, and then you look carefully at the kidneys. The kidneys are both enlarged, and there are multiple renal cysts. A very classic example of polycystic kidney disease with polycystic liver disease. Now, I mentioned before that most cysts are asymptomatic, but occasionally they can become symptomatic, and I showed you that example of the large one pushing on the diaphragm before. This is a very nice one because it's pushing on the IVC, and you can see perfusion changes in the liver. Now, in this case, the cyst has a thickened wall, but this cyst had been drained numerous times. And this patient came in a number of times for lower extremity edema. And what happened was the large cyst was compressing his cava. When it compressed enough, he would have symptoms of lower extremity edema, would come to the hospital, and the cyst would be subsequently drained. This case also nicely shows you that when cysts are strategically located, they can cause perfusion changes. Now, in terms of differential diagnosis, can I make a mistake with a cyst? Can I call something incorrectly? Well, this looks like a cyst, but you look carefully, there are clips present, this patient had surgery, this is a biloma. Most bilomas resolve, if you called it a cyst, life would probably go on. You'd want to get it correct, but you should get it correct by looking at the surgical clips and recognizing this patient has had surgery. What about this example? Well, you look at the largest cystic lesion, at quick glance it looks like a cyst, of course you notice the multiple other lesions around it. But this actually is a cystic metastasis from a carcinoid tumor. There are certain tumors that give metastasis that are cystic. Carcinoid is one of them. Ovarian cancer is number two. And GIST tumors, gastrointestinal stromal tumors, is probably number three. Now, when you look more carefully at this lesion, you recognize that the wall is not paper thin, and in fact, there is some enhancement. So when I look at this in 3D, you can see increased density within the cystic lesion, but you also can see a cyst wall. There is some enhancement. So although the lesion is cystic, it is not a simple cyst. And to show you another example of that, Another case, it looks cystic, but the wall on arterial phase imaging has some enhancement. It's thickened wall. You see that better on the venous phase. Although it's cystic, it's not a simple cyst. Remember, no definable wall, no enhancement, no nodularity, water density throughout. And you can see that lesion, and you can see the mass in the pelvis, which looks almost the same. That was a gist tumor of the small bowel. So this was a gastrointestinal stromal tumor metastasizing to the patient's liver. And you can see again, here's that same case. The vessels are displayed, but this lesion is cystic, but also has some solid components. Now the last thing that you can confuse it with is an abscess. Now I think when you look at this case, you're not going to call this a simple cyst because it's slightly irregular. When you look hard, it is going to be enhancing, and those perfusion changes are really worrisome. Something is going on. When you see perfusion changes like that, you can argue with me tumor versus infection versus something else, but there is something going on. And in this case, the patient had a liver abscess, and liver abscesses in the right lobe of the liver, 
uh, think about something like an amoebic abscess, which this was, but those perfusion changes are indeed very impressive. What else can you look at? Well, here's a case. This is a liver transplant patient. You look hard at the CTA, you see occlusion of the proximal hepatic artery, wedge-shaped defect in the liver as you look closer, and here we're dealing with an infarct. Again, it's larger. It's not a simple cyst. When you look at it in multiple planes, the geography really is not a cyst. It's a large infarct. So I think very, very important, the differential diagnosis. Again, we could think about, when we look quickly, maybe is it cystic, but you have to go further than that. Again, this case, a very nice example. We're showing you the... Um, the hepatic artery shows that there's occlusion present. Also, in a patient post-liver transplant, before I think about a simple cyst, I'm thinking about a biloma, I'm thinking about an abscess, I'm thinking about infarct. So I think you know, you're a little bit more alert to other possibilities. So I think in summarizing for hepatic cysts, most of the time it's a very easy diagnosis. Sometimes it can be trickier, and sometimes these cystic metastases can look very much like simple cysts. can be easy to walk by. You shouldn't, but you need to indeed be very careful. Well, okay, that's one. What else? Hepatic hemangiomas. Hemangiomas are very common lesions, often incidentally picked up, and you know that sometimes we pick them up on non-contrast chest CTs in the right lobe of the liver. All of a sudden, there's a mass in the liver. No one knows what that mass is. But I'll tell you what we'll do. It, let's stop here, and we'll pick up the next part, part two, with hepatic hemangiomas. And I'll be right back. See you then.